Episode 8, The Thought Card. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Hey, Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today, we have Danielle. Danielle is a travel enthusiast and a financial analyst and grant specialist by trade. She created thethoughtcard.com where she shares tons of tips and tricks to help people find cheap travel discounts all while paying off debt. Danielle, firstly, welcome to the show. I'm excited to learn some of your tips and tricks and maybe do a bit of traveling while we're at it. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We're really excited to have you. So first off, let's dive into you a bit. Tell us a little bit about your personal life. All right. So I'm Danielle Desir and I'm a travel enthusiast. I am also a finance enthusiast. So it's it's bringing two passions together. um, And I found a way to um, share my thoughts on that through my website. Um, I also have a new puppy. So I'm a new mom as well. And I kind of like a little bit of everything. I'm a little bit all over the place, but it's been extremely fun. Fantastic. Glad to hear that. And good luck with the dog. (laughs) Thank you. I need it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So, Danielle, on your website, you have a work with me tab. So what exactly do you do? So right now I'm a freelance writer and um, that tab is really for brands and outlets to find a way to reach out to me so that I can work with them in a capacity, for example, a podcast interview or a travel review event coverage, that sort of thing. Fantastic. Finance and travel is something that's a little bit difficult to mingle. Often travel is exceptionally expensive. What financial move would you say that you've learned the most from? I think... Actually, owning a home has been the most eye-opening move that I've made because I thought that I was prepared and I was not prepared at all. Um, And actually, that's really good because when you're not prepared, that's kind of gives you a, it kind of, you step back from the situation and you can reevaluate and plan better in the future. So um, having a house that's a financial responsibility, that kind of changes the way I'm going to have to travel in the future as well. So I'm curious to see how that, how that's going to play out. That's interesting. In terms of owning a house, what has been the most challenging aspect of that specifically? Has it been the payments? Has it been when stuff goes wrong? For me, I actually bought um, a home that was a fixer-upper. So the process of actually getting a contractor and doing the repairs and the mundane stuff, like picking the colors and the paint and all of that kind of stuff, which I'm not that great at, that has been the most difficult um, difficult part. So more aesthetic-wise and kind of getting it to a place where it's livable. Definitely. It's uh, it, it's quite often difficult to sort of gauge exactly what the picture is before you before you know, really. And it's something that takes time and patience and fair enough. <laughs> exactly. And actually, when I first when I first thought about I really wanted to own a home and I, I said, OK, I'm going to save X amount of money in two years. I only bought I only had enough saved for the down payment of the house. I didn't think about repairs or furniture since I'm moving out from my mom's house. Like I, that's where the unexpected expenses came in. I wasn't prepared for the little things that you don't think about every day because you take for granted. So right, that I've, makes le- sense. I've learned a lot since then. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Danielle, on thethoughtcard.com, one of your blog posts entitled Sacrifices Are Made to Pay Off Student Loans. That was in November 10th, 2016. Tell us a little bit about that day and your journey 
to pay off that debt? So when I first uh, finished grad school, I had $60,000 US dollars of debt. And November 10th was very special because that's the day that I decided enough was enough. And I finished paying off my debt. At that point, I had actually a couple more months to go, but I had savings as well. So my my train of thought was like, do I really want to continue on or do I just want to make this one big payment and, and not really have savings for a couple of months? Right. Um, and, you know, my journey has been up and down. And on the blog, I have these quarterly updates where it wasn't like a check-in for me. Um, I would have a goal. And then at the end of uh, three or four months, I would come back and say, hey, did I meet that goal? And how am I feeling? Like, what were some of the challenges I felt? And at the end of my student loan repayment journey, I was feeling discouraged and defeated. And I just really lost that drive and motivation to keep going. So November 10th was special because that was the end. And the day that I decided, you know what, we're going to bite the bullet. We're going to make this one large payment. And then we're just going to rebuild from there. So that one large payments have do you say that up over a portion of time and like sort of what was your strategy to pay off your student loans so quickly? Okay, so I have two strategies that I used. One of them is the front end method, which means that I would uh, pay a large amount of money at one time, and that would kind of wipe out, let's say, five thousand right. dollars, and then I would I would pay myself back. So every time I get paid, I would pay that money back that I can continuously have my savings. And then the back end method is where I would just pay every, every time I get paid. So that was kind of like on a more steady, um, steady cycle. So you have two different options. One is doing bulk payments and then paying yourself back. Cause you always want to repay yourself for um, depleting your savings account, or you just go steady with your payments on a monthly, weekly, or, you know, whatever basis. Fantastic. Danielle, you're also a massive fan of living at home. It's something that a lot of millennials find exceptionally hard and, you know, they, they want to get along with their life, but they find it so difficult to sort of figure out what do they do? Do they focus on their student debt? Why do you recommend living at home so much? I love living at home because it's an opportunity for you to set your goal, your financial goal. And it's so much easier for you to meet that goal in a short amount of time because you have that um, intangible financial help. Um, so let's say if you're living at home and you don't have to pay rent, but you're paying other utilities, that's still an opportunity cost that you can be using to save or to save for, um, to save towards your debt. So living at home for me was a no brainer because me and my mom actually are great. We get along really well. Um, she supported my idea of wanting to not only pay off my debt, but also save for a house simultaneously. And it allowed me that you know, that little buffer to continue to travel and do a little bit of, you know, have a little fun while focusing on these bigger, bigger goals. That's fantastic. You're also a travel enthusiast and you've traveled all across the world for exceptionally cheap. What is your secret? <laughs> I would say for sure you should follow me on Instagram because I kind of do some impromptu, like quick lessons. Uh, but I would say uh, strategies have been getting a credit card that has a massive bonus. Um, that has really helped because a lot of time the bonuses have enough to take you to around the trip around the world or, you know, around trip flight to a destination. So sign up bonuses have been really, really good. I also have um, a couple of resources I can share with you. For example, um, 
secretflying.com. They have not only like flight deals, but sometimes they have airfares and thriftytraveler.com as well. I get a couple of news, have like signed up for a couple of newsletters. So I'm kind of, oh, my finger is always on the pulse for cheap flights. And I think flights are actually like, you know, one of the most important things to actually get you to a destination. Um, so that's where I kind of focus first. Fantastic. Another great resource is Scott's Cheap Flats. Ooh, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, th there's a free version which you can sign up for. But if you go for the premium version, you can also sort of say what cities you want to fly out from. And, you know, Scott will then let you know when those sort of deals pop up. And and the the flights are generally discounted quite heavily or they are mistake fares or whatever it is. So that's also a great resource that people could probably take a look at. Yes. And I'm actually, I have the free version. I haven't bought the the premium yet so maybe i should I need to upgrade <laughs> yeah for sure i mean I, I, so i have the premium version and the way i justified it is that if i can save money on just one flight it's definitely worthwhile you know getting those tailored flights and, and i already have you know i managed to get really good flights to london for that so it, yeah. it, it's definitely worthwhile looking into it for sure Awesome. So I see you have the Chase Sapphire credit card. So why did you pick this card over all the others? And what are some of the perks? All right. I love the Chase Sapphire card because if you actually book your flight through their online platform, you can redeem your points and get 20% off of your flights. So for example, I was recently looking at a flight to Copenhagen. It was $309. I said, you know what, let me look to see what the Chase Sapphire platform looks like. And when I looked inside, it was close to like something like 250 in wow. terms of points, in terms of points. So that's why I really love um, Chase Sapphire is because you get those deep discounts um, on those flights when you use your points. Great stuff. And Yeah, for sure. Is, is that the reserve card or just the normal one? Um, I have the normal one. Okay. So, yes, I think it's just the preferred. Okay, awesome. Fantastic. So, out of all your traveling, what's been your favorite destination and why? All right, I think I have two. I have, they're both completely different. One of them is Bermuda. I love the sunshine and the beach, and I love that it's so quick to get to. It's an hour and a half flight from New York City and a lot of cities on the West Coast. Uh, sorry, on the East Coast, I'm sorry. And I also really like Iceland both destinations I've been to twice. So I know for sure that they're my favorite. Iceland has beautiful scenery, volcanoes, waterfalls, rainbows. It's just scenic and just amazing. Fantastic. We actually did a stopover in Iceland on Tuesday on our trip back from London. So <laughs> unfortunately, did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy it? Unfortunately, we didn't get to get out of the airport, but um, they had like a, a screen up there showcasing some of Iceland's top places to go and everything else. And it looks phenomenal. We'll definitely have to go back. And especially if you if you're flying with Iceland Air, you can do a free or a cheap, like maybe a couple bucks um, stopover in Iceland. So that is a nifty tip. Fantastic. So I also read that you're also a massive fan of Airbnb to save money. How's your experience been so far? So far, Airbnb has been really great. I mean, I've been able to stay at, you know, more luxurious apartments for 75 bucks in a like an expensive city like Toronto. I think it's a great way to live like a local and to also save as well. Um, and you kind of get that homey experience. You can always say that you're coming back home which i really love 
That's fantastic. So do you have any tips and tricks for people that are looking to stay at an Airbnb? Like what should, have, what should you look out for when you're trying to gauge where would be a good place to stay? Well, besides the pictures, I think the pictures are first and foremost, one of the things that you should make sure is the picture quality. Is it high? You know, if the owner is not taking the time to upload beautiful pictures or accurate pictures, then I'm not really interested in that. Number one. Um, number two, I always look at the reviews. So I want to hear about like, how did other travelers, how do people feel about their stay? Um, I look for a lot of buzzwords like clean or, you know, friendly, responsive, those kind of things Um, that really helps. So, and also the last piece with Airbnb, I always contact the host. I never do the automatic. I always contact the host, give them a little backstory, like, Hey, I'm coming to Toronto for the weekend. Um, I would love to stay at your place. It kind of builds a rapport with them. And I get to fill them out a little bit. So if they're not responsive, if they don't really answer my questions, then I know to move on to the next one. Awesome. That's great. We're just going to take a quick break, say thank you to our sponsors, and then we're going to dive right back into the value link round. Hey, Chainers. Are you looking for some awesome gifts for the holidays? Head over to chainofwealth.com slash gifts. Katie has written an amazing gadget guide that has a whole bunch of gifts that anyone would find really, really awesome. That's chainofwealth.com slash gifts. As always, Chainers, if you're enjoying this podcast, please head over to chainofwealth.com and subscribe, rate, and review. We really, really appreciate each and every person that takes the time out of their day, and it really helps the podcast grow. So please take the time out of your day. It helps us all. So, Danielle, what other books or podcasts do you recommend to our listeners? I love podcasts and a lot of my podcasts have been really about how to become more of an entrepreneur. So if you're looking for an entrepreneur podcast, I listen to EO Fire and Marketing Made Easy. And if you're looking for a more of a financial podcast, I really enjoy um, Kate and Carrie's Budgets and Sense podcast. Awesome. And any books? I'm not really big on books. I don't have time. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, cool. No worries. Okay, and what what is some of the best advice that someone's ever given you? My mom always says, you know, have a plan and see it to the end. It's all about planning and execution. So that's always stick with me. And that goes across multiple parts of my life, you know, not only financially wise, but also at work, um, having a side business, all of that. So just have a plan and execute it till the end. Awesome. So just sticking with whatever you've started and making sure that you see it through. Exactly. Fantastic. So what are some ways that our listeners can get in touch with you? I think the easiest way would be through email, uh, thethoughtcard at gmail.com. But I'm also very active on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook with the um, tag of at thethoughtcard. Fantastic. Danielle, you've absolutely rocked the interview. Do you have any parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. Yes. My last piece of guidance would be to have the attitude of gratitude. I love that. Just be thankful for where you are right now. And as you plan and execute, you'll be thankful for where you were and in the future. Awesome. Thanks so much, Danielle. And Chainers, check out thethoughtcard.com. There's some excellent advice and resources on there. And figure out what you want for the life and stick with it. Pick something and stick with it and see it through. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Catch you on the flip side.